1: and you are indeed locked on Magic. Today is June 20th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert in site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode, we'll do our final review of the top prospects the Magic will be looking at for the NBA draft. Some final thoughts entering the NBA draft as, Orlando Ma- as the Orlando Magic will be on the clock a little bit later on today and kind of get ourselves set up for what should be a very exciting and interesting draft night for the Orlando Magic. Won't be a particularly long episode. We'll save that for tomorrow. But I do want to remind, Joel, you can check out all our great draft and free agency coverage throughout the week. It's been a busy week here on Locked on Magic. On Monday, we had part one of our conversation with Keith Smith, where we kind of recapped our lessons from the season and began to plot out what tools the Magic have in front of them for their free agency. On Tuesday, we heard from Orlando Magic president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman, uh, and his thoughts on the NBA draft and how the Magic will approach this draft. Yesterday, Wednesday, we had part two of my conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, where we talked a little bit more specifically about what the Magic will do with Nikola Vucevic, what their strategy should be with their own free agents, and how they should attack uh, improving the roster in general. And then, of course, today is draft day. Tomorrow, we'll have a breakdown of the Orlando Magic's draft pick. And then Monday, of course, hopefully we will hear from the Orlando Magic's draft pick as now things begin to pick up, the draft going on in free agency. And the best way, honestly, to keep up with all of it is to go check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this is a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here. No one knows these teams better than the local experts. Want to learn what the Utah Jazz think of their acquisition of Ricky Rubio? Check out Locked On Jazz, or, or not Ricky Rubio, of Mike Conley. Check out Locked On Jazz. Want to learn about the, what the Memphis Grizzlies are feeling entering the NBA draft as they have the second overall pick and have now just traded Mike Conley? Check out Locked On Grizzlies. It's a Locked On podcast for everyone, yes, even Ricky Rubio, who is going to find a home, a lovely home. Maybe it's Orlando. Probably not going to be Orlando. But yeah, I'm a Ricky Rubio fan. I'll probably get into that a little bit later. But you can also check out the national podcast, Locked on NBA, for all your draft coverage. A lot of trades going down in the NBA, as even Woj is beginning to to suspect this could be a very active evening in the NBA as the NBA draft takes place before this monumental free agency period. You can find all these podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Check them out today. You can also find M O B, NFL, and college podcasts, too, including Locked On SEC and Locked On Big Ten. B1G, go Big Ten. Uh, you can find them all, again, on those places where you find podcasts. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: As we've noted here for, for the last few weeks, uh, the Atlanta Magic are an entirely new position. Drafting 16th. They're not looking for a star, or they're not expecting to find a star. If they get one, great. No one's going to complain, but the goal here is... Not to get a superstar player. The goal here is, or at least the expectation you would think, is to get a player who can contribute. Get a player who can fill out a role. A player who could grow into something on the team. And then from there, who knows? It's a much trickier proposition at 16 than it is, say, at 6, where the Magic have drafted the last two years. It is a much different focus on the draft. You're taking a player that has a little bit of risk about him, perhaps. Has a flaw that that you have to cover over or you have to develop or or work with. Ultimately, this is a position where you're going to have to work with the player. And his ceiling may not be particularly high. There's the chance for risk, of course. There's a chance to take a big swing and, and try and get a guy, like, say, when Denver picked Michael Porter Jr. last year or or whatnot. Or even when Milwaukee took Giannis Antetokounmpo with the 15th pick a few years ago. That worked out well for, for them. It's It's a tricky spot, but one that still presents a lot of opportunity. There's always that lifelong debate of whether to pick for need or to pick the best player available. And at the top of the draft, it's easy for the best player available argument to win because the talent rules over all. At 16, and especially in this draft, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of difference in talent between pick 9, pick 10, and pick 22, 23, 24. As Jeff Waltman described it, the draft is like a pyramid. At the very top, it's very clear. There's only a few guys that you should really be looking at. But as you get into that middle, as you get into the into the meat, it winds out. And there's more guys to consider. Everyone is going to fall into their camps. And I'm not going to... I will actually tell you who I think the Magic should take here at the end of the show. But I, I can't say with any certainty that I'm right. I can't say with any certainty that you're right. At this point... It is truly about what's in the eye of the beholder. And fortunately for all of us, the Magic have a lot more information on these guys than we do as the public, as the media, as whatever. As fans, whatever. And either trust them to make their decision or not. And and, and of course, their reputation, their trust, is built upon their success rate in these situations. Considering the Magic drafted Wesley Owundu, who turned into a very nice player, Um, Jonathan Isaac looks very, very good. Uh, Mohamed Bamba, of course, still has a lot of promise. Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have gained some trust with whoever they pick at this part of the draft. But that battle between need and best player available is most present at this juncture. Jeff Weltman made it clear on Monday, the Magic will draft the best player available on their board. They will look at their board. They will sort out who they think is the best guy for them. And they will take that player. Period. Full stop. They're not going to consider that, oh, we need a point guard, or we need a backup point guard, or we need a shooter, or we need a backup center, and focus in on that guy. As, as Weltman put it, to do that would be to miss opportunity. To focus solely on something that they feel like they need leaves them the potential of missing out on a truly special player. And so you have to evaluate everyone on your board. Now, I'm not naive enough, and I would expect this, honestly, to think that need does not play a role in that. The Magic's evaluation of a player like Bull Bull, to be honest. Bull Bull is an incredibly talented player. At his best, he is far advanced offensively for for a player his size. Can take guys off the dribble, can face up really well can run the floor effectively, can pop out to the three-point line already. He's an extremely talented player. But to me, not worth the risk of taking. Because to me, Mohamed Bamba was a better defensive player in college. The injury that he suffered last year is not as terrifying for a big man as the injury that Bamba suffered in college. A broken foot at that young of an age with that kind of a body is a concern. And to me, Bamba does a lot of what Bull does, especially defensively. And I'm willing to let that germinate. So to me, honestly, and, and I think the magic have sent signals this way, to me, Bull Bull is off my board. Maybe not completely off my board. That, that might be a little unfair. But there'd have to be a lot of guys that I don't want to take before I take him. And need has a part of that. If the Magic didn't feel comfortable at center, if the Magic didn't have Mo Bamba, if Nikola Vucevic was a pretty sure thing to return as a starting center, I might be all in on Bol Bol, that he's worth the risk, that he can de- develop into that player. But With Mo Bamba already in the fold, my my interest in Bol, Bol and my evaluation of him changes just a hair. The calculus of taking a player like him changes just a bit. And so, I would venture to guess this debate between need and best player available isn't a versus or an uh, an and or or debate. It is an either and. It informs part of the decision. Tyler Hero of Kentucky, for instance, does not really fit the Magic's profile. He had one of the shortest wingspans at the NBA Draft Combine. He is an energetic defender, but not a good defender. He's actually not particularly good at shooting off of screens for those wanting to use him similar to Terrence Ross. He's got a lot of work to do as a young player. But I watch him play, and obviously he's one of the best shooters in this draft. He is a really energetic player. uh, the thing I was most impressed with with Tyler Hero was when he talked to to the Orlando media, he didn't hide from his lack of length. He said, that's a problem for me. It's nothing I can do about it. But I've got to work extra hard. And honestly, you watch his tape at Kentucky, well, he had some holes defensively. He was willing to put in the work. And that stuff matters. To me, that says Hero is going to put the work in. That he's going to be energetic. He's going to try and do his best. And you're not relying on him to be your starting two guard. Coming off the bench, maybe you can get away with that a little bit more. But that need for shooting in a time where maybe he doesn't fit the profile gets him on your board. That need for shooting puts him on that big board maybe a tick higher. Than he might be otherwise. And you see that up and down throughout. A player like Keldon Johnson, who's a kind of do-it-all type player, not great at one at any one thing, but very good at a bunch of things. Decent shooter, good driver, decent defender, Heroes Kentucky teammate, is a solid player. Casey Opala, a, a young player, still developing as a shooter, but showed significant improvement from his freshman to his sophomore season. A good line drive score, able to get to get downhill in a hurry, has good athletic, has decent athleticism and can finish around the basket. Very crafty around the basket. If his three-point shot continues to develop, he's got the defensive tools to be very, very good. Although he is still putting those pieces together. You're willing to take maybe a risk on a guy like that. Maybe not at. 16, I, th- I think that might be a little high for Casey, but he's an intriguing player. So too is a big man perhaps like Goga Batasti, Kind of a more traditional center with some stretch capabilities. Played really well in, in, in EuroLeague, in, in, in for his team in, in Serbia, and in the Adriatic League but still a bit raw and, and more plays traditional center. And this has got to get a lot of pieces together, but again, Magic feels set at center. So is as, as talented as he might be, as interesting as he might be, may not be the right guy for this team. You could go up the draft list too, to a guy like Romeo Langford, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, and Sear Little. All three of those guys are probably three, the three most talented players. Top to bottom that the Magic could take at 16. Those are the home run swings for this team. Those are the guys that aren't just there to fill a role, but to maybe one day become stars or or big-time players. Lankford is an incredible driver, can create his own shot, and that is a desperate need for the Orlando Magic. Of those three, I would rank Lankford, honestly, probably the the highest. But his shot is very concerning. Had a wrist injury all of last year that, that maybe affected his shot, but... Even then, I would say that it isn't a pretty shot. And if he can't get to the basket, if he can't create separation, that is trouble. Kevin Porter Jr. has a lot of off-court issues. He was suspended from his team at USC, had a lot of issues with the coach there. Um, And while he is an extremely gifted scorer and and does a good job creating separation in the mid-range, there are holes to his game as well. And Nasir Little never really got his footing at North Carolina. It was clear the college game just didn't fit his eye. He struggled with some injuries early on. He struggled to shoot a little bit. But he is an extremely talented player, as people in Orlando know very well from his high school days. He can get to the basket. He can finish at the rim. He can hit the outside shot a little bit. He's very, very good. Very, very talented. And it's hard to pass up that much talent, even if there isn't a clear fit on the roster. Weltman did say it best. That... Orlando is looking for the best player available. They're looking for the best personality fit. But they're not looking to add a player that's going to affect their free agency. The draft works independently. They don't expect rookies to come in and make an immediate impact. That's not really the game they're in. And so... Who they draft, is 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 it going to be indicative of anything they're going to do later on this summer? They don't want to have to rely on a rookie. They want that rookie to earn his spot. It's a good strategy. It's a, at least a good thought for a strategy. And that's part of what the Magic will do when they approach this draft. They're going to look for the best player on the board. But like I said, I suspect need will be one of the factors to determining the best player on the board. Not that they're looking to fill a specific need, but they will think a little bit about how that player fits into their future and fits into their roster. Because this is an asset you cannot waste. While I think Weltman says they will take absolutely take the best player available, and they don't expect a rookie to contribute, and I'm not expecting a rookie to contribute heavily, but I do expect the Magic to get someone that they feel feel like can contribute pretty quickly. Even in a limited role. That they want someone that can add something to this team now. Not be a final product, not be a major contributor. But as an 8th, ninth man in the rotation can do something for the team quickly. And there are several players that that can do that. Whether it's... Again, I, I think, I think Gogo Patazzi, Patazzi can do that as a backup center. Uh, Fiondo Cavangelli can definitely do it as a backup center. He's proven he can come off the bench and be a strong defensive presence for Florida State. Cameron Johnson uh, is, I think, ready made to enter the league. He's a great three point shooter. Uh, you know, just extending the range is going to be the big issue for him, and, and can, he can defend real well. You know, honestly, I think Acacia paula can contribute pretty quickly, too, if, if he really latches on to coaching and, and plays strong defense and continues to develop his three point shot. There are guys that can do this. But all things being equal, if the draft goes as expected, the top guy on my board can do it all and I think can add can step in pretty quickly. He's been the guy that I've been targeting all draft process long. And that's Virginia Tech's Nikkel
2: Alexander-Walker. So what is it about Nikhil Alexander Walker that has me
1: so excited? That, that that has me really thinking that he is the guy. Well, first he fits the physical profile. That's that's always a good place to start. It's a Pretty long wingspan for a player who's six foot five. I think it's a, 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 I think it's um like six ten, six eleven, something like that. Maybe maybe up to seven feet. He's got good length and he's got a good body for the NBA. He looks like he can put on some weight and and, and get, on, get, get in there. I also appreciated that when he interviewed with the Magic, he had a little bit of bravado. He had a little bit of an edge to him. But all of that stuff is secondary. It's how he plays that really convinces you that he should be a guy the Magic really look hard at. He's a good three-point shooter, a guy, again... And I, this is something I do think Jeff Weltman and John Hammond value, that you show improvement over time. In two years in college, Nikel Alexander-Walker improved his three-point shot. He got better. But he's a much more versatile player too. Virginia Tech asked him to be on the ball a little bit. He ran some pick and rolls. And while his decision-making certainly could still improve in that area, he proved pretty adept at working the pick and roll. He's crafty around the basket, can finish in a variety of ways, and so while he doesn't have top-end athleticism, he is a pretty solid finisher at the basket and and can work past the defense. He makes young player mistakes, he gets himself stuck, and doesn't always make the right reads, but that's something that can improve in time. And you know, when I look at a player like Nikhil Alexander Walker with his three-point shooting ability, with his driving ability, I think of the way the Magic use Evan Fournier a lot. Evan Fournier is at his best when he attacks the defense quickly off a ball reversal. He's a secondary playmaker. And that's who Nikhil Alexander-Walker is. He is a secondary playmaker. The point guard drives in, kicks out, defense closes. He beats that closing out defense into the paint and causes it to collapse again. And from there, he can finish and shoot and do all the things that you need. That's a big part of what he provides. But the piece de resistance is his defense. His defensive instincts are incredibly strong. And while I think his technique could use a little work, and I think he still kind of lunges for steals and blocks a little bit too much, all the tools are there. Like I've said throughout this whole draft process, length isn't necessarily about wingspan or or, or anything like that. It's about being able to close down the margin for error. With a long wingspan, you can make a mistake because your arms are still out in front of the guy to keep him in front of you. You can overplay a little bit. You can be a little risky. You can push guys out to the, to the outside of the paint because arms are tough to pass around. That's what length really does. It isn't this random thing. There is a reason why length works. It allows you to play multiple positions, which is extremely valuable in today's NBA, or defend multiple positions, which is extremely valuable in today's NBA. And that's what Nikhil Alexander-Walker gives you. Now, who's to say that this will all come at once? I think that he's a veteran enough player. I think he's a good enough shooter that he can contribute pretty quickly. And, And Steve Clifford's a good coach who will reward defense. If Nakel Alexander-Walker plays hard on defense, he will find himself getting some minutes. And I think that he can. I think that he has those tools to step in. And if I'm the Magic, you know, barring maybe Nassir Little being there, maybe Romeo Langford being there, barring something unforeseen happening where a, a, a big-time player drops, like a perhaps a Sekou Dumboya from France unless a player like that drops into their laps at 16, Nikel Alexander-Walker is my pick. He is at the top of my board and the guy that I focus on intensely. Of course, that's just my humble opinion. It honestly means nothing. If the front office thinks that Tyler Hero is the better player, they should take Tyler Hero. If they think Keldon Johnson or... Casey Opala or Cameron Johnson or uh, or anyone else is a better player, they should take them. If they feel like they need a center and they want to go for Gogo Batazdi or Fiondu Cabangeli or Wool Bowl, they should go for it. If they want to take a big swing and take a Romeo Langford or Nasir Little or Kevin Porter Jr., they should go for it. That's the bottom line. Whoever the Magic take, they need to be sure that that is the best player available for them. As I said, in my humble opinion, I think that's going to be Nikel
2: Alexander-Walker. I want to thank
1: you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore OMD, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily throughout the draft for updates and everything else. We'll talk about who the Magic pick on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, what they bring to the Orlando Magic as well, and what it says about the Magic moving forward, of course. Uh, we'll talk about all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, happy draft, everyone. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team's